Hey everybody, welcome back to Off the Beaten Clef. We're back to doing albums. Woo woo! I so, don't even remember how to do them anymore. I don't. I, yeah, I don't remember either. I thought about listening back to to see how the flow went, but I was like, nah, fuck it, we'll figure it out. Uh, but yeah, without further ado, let's hop into it. I forgot to uh, say what album we're doing. We're doing Thank You, Scientist. But if you clicked on it on Spotify, you already knew that. You already knew. Uh, but yeah, we're doing Stranger Heads Prevail from 2016 by Thank You, Scientist. Now they've released an album since then, which is really good with some new updated members. Uh, but this is the one that I really fell in love with when I first started like diving into uh, Thank You, Scientist earlier in the summer. Thanks again to Louie for turning me on to them. Again, it was kind of a happy accident for him as well, but I've, I've found a new favorite band, or one of my favorite bands is in Thank You, Scientist, and I just I can't get enough. And, uh, yeah, let's do your like first reaction to, because I know I've been, everybody knows I've been obsessed with them. I've, I've talked about them a lot in the last few episodes. So. Yeah. What do you think, Dill? I was a little... I liked a, a lot of the songs you were sending me. And I was like, I just don't know how I'm going to feel about a full album yeah. of this. And I think there's going to be some harsh moments from me because in the beginning of the album, I'm still trying to figure it out. And when we get to the end of the album, I'm, it gets me to the point where I'm like, I don't want this thing to end. <laughs> they broke you, know? you down. Yeah. And uh, it, it wasn't that I didn't like it. I think it just like lacked direction at certain points. Well, it's hard to it's hard to understand what they're doing. If you've never heard anything like this before and I certainly hadn't. And I'm not going to say I like I was an immediate fan of the album to begin with either because I feel I felt much the same way. So, makes sense. Yeah, and then you find things that you like and and songs and then next thing you know there's a full song that you're like I that was a 9-minute song and it's going to take me if I listen to this four times, that's almost a full hour. But <laughs> yeah. at the same time, like I, I want this song in my veins. Yeah. And uh, I think we'll talk about it a little bit more later. But I think the back half of the album is the strongest. Yeah, I think that's interesting too because I disagree slightly. I think the whole album is really good. I think by the end of it, I'm ready to get back to the beginning, the way the beginning of the album felt. I think that's partially because I love Mr. Invisible so much, which is one of the first four songs. Uh, and everything leading up to that song feels really good. Yeah. So um, it, it'll be interesting to talk about. I can't wait for the discussion. So uh, let's get into a little bit of the backstory. So yeah, this is a band from uh, New Jersey. They're all from the Montpelier area, vaguely. One of them's not, um, at least for the current uh, collection of band members. Uh, this is their second album, again, like I said, from 2016. And they are self-proclaimed eclectic, vibrant, and well-hydrated, well-hydrated progressive rock band. And you wouldn't know this is their second album because the polish is fucking incredible. That's the first thing that grabbed me about this band is they all, if they're not world class, they certainly pretend to be world class well enough. I think just the way they play in time together really, really punctuates all of these these tracks incredibly well. Uh, they're just well-written and well-rehearsed jazz fusion rock. It's really hard. I, I feel like it's incredibly hard to write some some of this stuff and play it well and play it well alive because 
Well, I initially fell in love with them. It wasn't until I started watching some of their live performances because I was I was really skeptical on whether they could pull it off. And they can. They, they have absolutely the chops to pull some of these weird time signatures off. Their lead singer just sounds just as incredible as he does on the album, if not better sometimes live. It's, it's really, really been a pleasure getting to to listen to them and dive deep into them um, and just really discover a new favorite band of mine. Uh, you know, so I, I wrote down the band members of current current list. I didn't write either the change a little bit. I've already touched on that from this album, but currently it's Salvatore or Salvatore Morano. What a great lead singer yeah, name, Salvatore Morano. It's a great fucking name. Uh, Tom Monda, he's the lead guitarist and other various instruments throughout the uh, the the album, and I'm assuming their whole discography. All of these guys are multi instrumentalists, which is which is pretty cool. It usually leads to really good music, as we've seen with other, like, Strawberry Girls and stuff like that. Uh, so, Ben Karras on electric violin, Cody McCory on bass, theremin, and saw, which I assume is just a whatever the sound of saw makes. Uh, Faye Fadem, or Faye Fedem, on drums currently, uh, Sam Greenfield on sax, and Joel Gulache, or Gulace, I'm not sure. Uh, on trumpet currently. That's the current lineup that they did their last album with. The list I have is Odin Alvarez for drums. Yeah. And trum- trumpet was Andrew Degrius. Dig- yeah, that's that's probably correct for this album. Uh, they've, they've changed members in 2017 for whatever reason. I didn't dig into it. But that's the current lineup that I listed. And then you listed the, the, the two. I know I think there may be two or three big band members that yeah. switched over. So, um, yeah, no, it's... it's uh, Looking at this on paper, you'd be tempted to say, oh, this is just a ska band. And they got a guitarist, a bassist, and two horns. Like, this is clearly a ska band, but they're absolutely not a ska band. They're jazz fusion, prog, rock, metal, who knows. Uh, I've, just, I've described them in the past as like a Mars Volta that's ex- more accessible or like a m- more fully realized Coheed and Cambria, which once I've realized that they're assigned to... Uh, What's the guy's name? Claudio Sanchez, the the front man of Coheed and Cambria, has a label, and they're signed to his label, which is Evil Inc. So it makes oh, a lot of cool. it makes a lot of sense when you listen to them. And Claudio probably had some pretty big influences into some of their sounds because it, they do sound a lot like a really fully realized what I always wanted Coheed and Cambria to be. It, it just it makes a whole lot of sense, and and yeah, I don't know what else really to say about. <laughs> no, I mean, honestly, when you said Mars Volta, I was a little nervous because, you know, the songs, I like the songs you sent me, but Mars Volta is just seems a little too cerebral for me. Yeah, they're they're very up their own ass and very, I love them to death. I, I love that aspect of them. I love bands that get so far into their selves because it usually leads to something at least very interesting to listen to. And in Mars Volta case, it's very good for the most part. I mean, they have some 16 minute songs, but 10 of those minutes is just weird noises, which is something that somebody that thinks they're way smarter than they are does. But this, these songs are long, but they're filled with just, it's so juicy from beginning to end. There's no like dead air or dead space. Everything is filled. It's just stuffed, stuffed full of just good fucking music, man. Yeah. It's like jazz, classical rock music. (laughs) Yeah, Kind of. It's, it's, it's the straight, it's it's hard to explain it. it, Like, like I said, like even those comparisons that I make don't fully really 
compliment how good this band is. It's just, it's masterful and they're playful. They don't take themselves too seriously, which I think is what sets them apart mainly from someone like the Mars Volta because they still have fun. Like if you look at some of their live performances, like they did a solar powered concert with a marching band. Uh, I forget what the name of the band was, but it's just they They have fun. They dress up in goofy outfits and they're just goofy dudes and they like making incredible music. Yeah. And I think they say it perfectly at the end of the album, which we'll talk about, yeah. like, you know, we do this for ourselves, you know, and that's so cool. Like it's basically, it is what it is. <laughs> yeah. You like it or you don't. Yeah. And that's a cool attitude to have for music. Um, do you want to pick? You want to go first, or you want me to go first? Um, I will go first, I guess. Okay. Um, so the first the first song is a prologue. It's called "A Faint Applause with an Ellipse Afterwards," and that's intentional because if you look at the epilogue, it starts with an ellipse. So there's supposed to be a sentence like, "This is the beginning of a sentence and an end of a sentence." Uh, so I don't know how to be how I should begin this conversation. Is how this album starts, and I think that's a really good glimpse into Thank You Scientists' like form of humor. They're cheeky. But like not cheesily so. They're like, I don't, I don't, what do you guys want me to do? I don't know if this album's any good. I don't know how to start an album. It's just, it's a, it's a cool, it's a funny little meta joke that they start with. Uh, and it's, you can really start to hear uh, Murano's incredibly pleasing falsetto here. And he just kind of guides the the listener into the album with a, a kind of certain alacrity and grace. Uh, that just is it really kind of gets you in the mood to listen to music whether what no matter what that music is it's just kind of this is a good it's a great starter it's a good little hors d'oeuvre to uh, any whatever the surprise you're about to get into is yeah it it almost feels like a queen song yeah kind of the 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 outro definitely does and it's yeah it's it gives you a good idea i'm i'm happy to talk about albums again by the way yeah me too um it's a great indication of things to come uh, seeing their sense of humor, seeing like the big explosion at the end that makes you, you it, it never feels derivative, but it also you can always feel like oh that kind of reminds me of this yeah and they're they're so all over the place that they just like feels like they took pieces and pieces and like they cut out of a magazine and like pieced it all together yeah. into who they are well that's that's the mark of great artistry right like being able to copy without making it seem like a copy and the, you know there's so many different influences you can point to here but at the same time it's something wholly unique it's uh, you know ah, i fucking love them let's just get, let's <laughs> fucking hop into it let's sure. you, go ahead and have you start with the somnambulist somnambulist now did you look up what a somnambulist is yes okay good <laughs> because i was like that has to be something it crazy is. and it's a sleepwalker yep it's just pretty pretty simple <laughs> which i was like yeah that's that was mars volta like you're like what the hell is that yeah like? that's yeah if i didn't have immediate access to the internet i would have saw that on an album and been like that sounds like a big word and it might be poking fun a little bit at bands like mars volta too. yeah uh but this song is like a metal classical blend yeah um and it you know kind of shows all their creative side in terms of like what they can do instrumentally and i really like the lyrics in this song as well mm -hmm. and this song is only five minutes long yes which it's, is short by this, by this album standards so you know you're dipping your toes in the first two songs you're only spending seven minutes in uh that's going to be the length of every song i think going forward <laughs> yes, six to seven minutes yeah easy <laughs> um but yeah sol solemnambulus is a lengthy way to say <laughs> sleepwalker yeah. and 
the lyrics go, it's hard to sleep when keeping one eye open. It's hard to breathe when every breath's a lie. Tell me I'm not faking this time. These guys are emo kind of. Yeah, they are. <laughs> they really are. And, uh, you know, this this was one of the first songs, you know, you and I kind of went back and forth before we did this. And we talked about what we enjoyed. And you liked the first four. And this was one of the, my favorites from the first four. Mm-hmm. And I think it's because it is kind of more compact. And, uh, you know, I'm a sucker for a good emo song. Yeah. Even if it's masked with you know metal and classical and all those big bombastic sounds yeah yeah now did you do what did you think like there what did you think there was any meaning behind the name of the song or like what did you think the song was about just a sleepwalker it's oh from what i read it was about like kind of being trapped in a relationship and yeah. trying to get out and you know you you don't feel peace until you're out of the relationship yeah so that 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 makes sense. That makes more sense than what I thought it was about, because <laughs> I was trying to get way too clever with it. I still think it's clever um, if this is what they were trying to do. But I, to me, it felt like they were describing a significant other that was sneaking out at night to sleep around. Because mm-hmm. um, they talk about like you know it's hard to trust, or how can you know how can I sleep with one eye open when I have to watch you and make sure you're not you know stepping out on me. Uh, and that sleepwalker metaphor works in both ways. You know what I mean? Someone literally sleep walking through sleeping with other people at night or you know just just leaving bed in general to be with somebody else i think that i thought that was clever i think it's i think that's uh, that's what i'm going to believe the song is about because i like that yeah (laughs) so um the opening is just like this it's a barely cohesive noise but as soon as that first verse starts, it all comes together and becomes like this really clean prog rock track. And that's kind of like a signature of theirs. They have a lot of wild moments that are just held together by a thread. But as soon as it all comes together, it's just squeaky clean and just such a marvel to behold. And that's what all that's I think that's why part of the reason why I was initially drawn to them. Because as everybody knows, if you listen to this podcast, I love, love, love clean production and I love music that fits together well like a puzzle piece and it's just if it's seamless like that it's just ah it's so so fucking nice man it's just looking at like a really cleanly designed car there's no lines that look bad and there's no angle you can look at it from where it looks terrible it's it's like an old uh, corvette stingray it's just perfect and but you know when it's in motion you can't fucking tell that (laughs) it only looks better when it slows down and it stops you can really appreciate it um but yeah, no, Marana really starts to shine here and he starts uh, channeling the Bass Mans that I started to mention too, but there's almost more of like a tool and Nine Inch Nails like delivery in this song. There's a creepiness and a pain in his voice that just kind of cuts you, cuts you kind of deep. Uh, and I, you know, I would be remiss to, if I didn't mention how well the guitars and rhythm section complement each other here with a, with a, with a band that's this big, a lot of times certain things will fade to the background. And drums in the rhythm section are the first thing that always fade back. But this, they are masterful at somehow making that kick drum fall in a way that plays it perfectly in time with their guitarist. That it kind of just cuts through the middle of the entire sound. It would, it doesn't like fade to one ear or the other. They really, really are smart about the way they record, and I think that's. That's why I got. I told you before this. Like I got pissed off because I listened, started listening to it on my TV for my notes. Listen, I was like, no, no, this doesn't fucking sound good. I have to put on headphones. You have to be really to get the full enjoyment out of this. You have to be listening to it on a halfway decent sound system, not through your TV uh, 
speakers. Yeah. Uh, it, it's just hypnotic, man, when they really, when you start to really listen and figure out how they really thought about how this would sound and where everything falls in your ear. And yeah, it's just, there's timing switches. That's another thing you'll hear me say a lot today. They switch timing constantly and it's just, it's, it's good. It, it's musical whiplash for sure. <laughs> for sure. Um, you ready to move on to caverns? Let's do it. Yeah. Caverns. Uh, it immediately drops you into this super funky, like prog metal, like horn heavy, like a, like a horn heavy, blistering whirlwind is what i wrote and you don't even care how much it like twists your face because it's just fucking uh, like the the main theme of this sounds like a fighting game like a like a fighter's theme from a fighting game it just it's so like in a pocket and just perfectly put together uh again the rhythm shines here the verses are punctuated with an incredibly groovy bass line that just kind of leads into the soaring chorus they he, again Murano's really great at like bringing everything through this chorus that he kind of just lets his voice belt out and he's got this really i don't know if it's true a true falsetto or not but it's certainly on the higher register uh and every every member like in that riff that i'm talking about gets like a a moment to shine it's like this hyper aggressive 10 to 20 seconds and but it's and it's like but it's like crack cocaine to me i assume anyway you know, I don't. I've never done it, but it's 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 so addictive. Like every time it comes back, I'm like, "Fuck yeah, yes!" That's what I. That's the hit I need. Give me that extra bump. You know, it's just you know, it's it's really an, an incredible contrast to Murano's voice. This whole band because they're so loud and so bombastic, and there's so much shit going on, and he just kind of weaves this silky smooth vocal line through everything that they do, and it really, really, it just works. And I don't know how they do it. Uh, but it's really good, you know. And you got this main theme, but towards the end, again, a theme that they always do. They always they, there seems to be two or three tracks in every single track. It almost reminded me of a Volbeat track, the way he was delivering it, and the way like they were driving forward with this like really aggressive chug. There wasn't like a whole lot of interesting stuff going on. It was just hyper aggressive and really had a lot of forward motion. I don't know, you know, whatever. Fucking listen to it. I can't do it. Um, yeah, it's it's you know, I put this band is like. A bulldog's face. There's a ton of wrinkles, and just when you think you found them all, there's another one. So, yep. Just look at my bulldog. <laughs> He's got plenty of them. <laughs> you guys might notice we we don't hear any snoring anymore. We had to we had to exit the dog to kick them out. Um, I'm gonna disagree with you on this song. Okay. Um, I normally love songs that are all over the place, but this song I think goes in too many directions where it doesn't sure. catch its footing. And, you know, I love songs that are all over the place, but I also want there to be a point where they get back to. And this song is like, it. if it lands, it lands for a second and just like continues mm-hmm. to keep going. And um, it was hard for me to get into it. And I think if the song was, you know, half the time, yeah, you, sure. can, you can kind of be that crazy. But like, I think the song's almost nine minutes long and it's like, I, I don't know where I'm at. <laughs> you know, I'm so turned around. I don't know where I'm yeah, at. That's fair. And, um... I think this is probably my least favorite song on the album for that reason. Interesting, but uh, it's not a bad song. I'm just it's something about it is just I just couldn't connect to. Yeah, no, I t- I totally get that for sure because this is a song that I I was when I was listening to this album just kind of just blankly in the car just trying to absorb everything I could about this band. This I didn't this didn't catch me until like the third or fourth time around when I really heard when I heard I would catch that part I was talking about every single time like oh yeah that's good and then I would just kind of you know 
mentally block it out I was as I was driving or ordering food or whatever the hell I was doing at the time. But then when I started to listen to it again, I was like, you know what? There is something cool here. It's not my favorite track, but that 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 I think it's saved by that main theme for sure. There are certain parts of the song that I actually do enjoy, and I think it, it's the same part you're talking about. Yeah, more but, likely. Um, but it's just like it's such a, a slog to get there sometimes, yeah. I think. Um, but not a bad song. It's just my least favorite one on the album. <clears throat> Absolutely fair. I'm going to get into Mr. Invisible. Yeah, go for it. Because it was my palate cleanser. Um, and, yeah, okay. Uh, we're getting early with the palate yeah, cleansers. Yeah. Uh, which Mr. Invisible was much needed after the wacky ride that was yeah. Caverns. This song is the one I'm most familiar with because you used it as a song of the show. So it was kind of like my jumping off point. So once I got to like track four, you know, you're already 30 minutes into the album now <laughs> and you're like, Oh shit. And finally something familiar, yeah. you know, <laughs> it's like going on a road trip and seeing someone, you know, you're like, Hey, yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. This is their second most listened to song on Spotify. I think so. Yeah. It's, 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 it's for a reason too. It's yeah. a really good track. It's, it's one, it shines everything that they're good at mm-hmm. just being, um, you know, kind of, experimental but still there's a huge pop appeal yes. this chorus is so good oh, it's so fucking good and you know it still has that thank you scientist feel it's just like not as experimental as caverns and i think i really needed it for the album mm-hmm. um and it just felt like the most focused we'd been so far yeah for sure and i kind of like the when they're focused they are like it's like adhd like every song is like just <laughs> but if they're like focused and they actually like took their riddle in that day they could make a kick-ass song. And yeah. that, there's a reason this is one of the more popular songs. And, yeah, I'm curious to hear your thoughts. Well, I've already talked about this song a bunch yeah, yeah. Like for the last three weeks. <laughs> <laughs> um, but not really in-depth. Uh, it's it's easily my most listened-to song from Thank You, Scientist. It started with uh, Feed the Horse, Feed the Horses. I forget what's, what's from the album before this yeah. that I started really digging in. But then I discovered Mr. Invisible. I'm like, oh, shit, this is another level. And I like it for much of the same reasons that I like Feed the Horses, that it's really cohesive and the fucking chorus, man. Holy fucking shit. It's so, so good. Uh, it, but it's weird because it comes from a place that it's almost like this Herb Alpert-esque like, big band feel from, at the beginning. It's like, what is this goofy, like bouncy, really happy like track that we're listening to all of a sudden it's like almost pure jazz at this point and it's 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 really interesting to hear them move around and like play with what prog rock and like jazz fusion is because it sounds it all sounds in the same vein but it's all very very different like this is still the same genre of as caverns like i would still classify it as like jazz fusion and prog rock yeah but this is so much different (laughs) so much different and i think you're right there's just more focus here Um, This feels like this is something that could play on the radio. It's a little too long for radio, but it it definitely has incredible pop appeal. And I think uh, Marano, again, he's, he is the heart and soul of this band. Like they would be a great instrumental band, but for them to be like a true, like classical type of band, like he's the perfect vocalist. I don't think anybody else would work as well with, with what they're trying to do than what Marano does. Cause I think he just gets it. Uh, anyway, moving on from that, it, talking, going into that chorus and why it's so good. It's so good that the pre-chorus fooled me into thinking it was the actual chorus the first time I listened to this. I was like, oh, yeah, that's cool. Uh, I, I really like that. That sounds great. I, that's a cool little refrain. And then it came it, – because they didn't do the first chorus the first time. And then it came back again. I was like, oh, yeah, that's nice. And then they went into the actual chorus 
And holy shit did it blow my mind. Because not only is Murano's voice incredible, but after he delivers the first line of it, they slow down for like a, a, I don't even know, like a half a meter. And then they pop back into the original timing signature. And it just fucking, it's sexual, it's a religious sexual experience for your ear. That's the only way I can describe that timing signature switch in the middle of this chorus. It just... It fucking gets me hard, man. I don't know. I, I don't know what it is, but it, man, oh man, it's fucking good. It's so good. good. God <laughs> damn, dude, it kills me. And it, I, I, it what's gets that's what kept me coming back, and what made me like really, really want to discover this band because it's like I know how difficult that has to be, and especially to do it live. And I've watched them do it live, and they can do it. And I'm like, that's that's fucking talented. Yeah, they're on our radar to go see live. Yes, for sure. If they come through, I'm gonna go see them live. Mm. Absolutely. Uh, the rest of the, the song is just kind of that groovy hard rock disco with like a powerhouse chorus. It, it doesn't really deviate from that a whole much. Uh, outside of like the second half of the bridge, which is more of like a power power ballad, it's just, it's kind of, it's like you said, it's it's more focused and it's just, it's just a kick-ass track that happens to last like seven plus minutes. <laughs> it's a quick seven minutes though. It is. Like, it, that, and that's what I was thinking about when I was listening to it today. Um the, none of these songs really feel as long as they are because there is so much music in there. There's no, and like I was saying before, it's just packed full and there's something different happening each, each time. So you're like, okay, what's happening? What's going to happen next? What are they going to do next? Uh, yeah, it's just they're taking pop concepts and they're just stretching them to their limit. And I think there's something super interesting in that. Yeah. I mean, how ba- how many bands nowadays are making songs that are six plus minutes? None. And I think that's probably why a big reason why this band isn't bigger than what they are because they should be. They absolutely should be. They're they're more talented than ninety nine percent of the shit I hear on the radio right now, for sure. Um, but they're just they're they're doing what they want to do. They're making long ass jazz fusion <laughs> tracks with very with very very high pop sensibility, and there's something really cool about that. Yeah. So yeah, keep doing what they're doing because it's it works. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, you ready to move on? Let's do it. All right, Wolf in Cheap Clothing, which might be one of my favorite like. I don't know. It just made me giggle when I read it because like, ah, okay. A little play on words there. A little play on words. Uh, you know, it, it's uh, without even looking at the lyrics, it's probably, I just imagined it was some sleazebag, about some sleazebag guy who, you know, thinks he's hot shit, but, you know, really isn't. He's pretending. He's a Terry, essentially. If you know anything about, well, that, like, there's like maybe four people in the world that know what I'm talking about <laughs> when I say that. But it's an old inside joke we have with some of the people we used to work with. But anyway, um, this is my palate cleanser. Um, and I, and you know, I wrote it because, boy, it feels good to say that again. feels good to have a palate cleanser, right? Hell yeah. We can talk about a palate cleanser again. Um, and it's hard, to, it's hard to call a song with this powerful a kick of a kick drum like a palate cleanser. Because it really does. It, it fucking blows your eardrum out with it. Again, that kick drum just cuts straight through the middle of your headphones when you're listening to it. And I think that's very much intentional. Like They, they want you to feel the the heartbeat of each song and they want they want you to know and it's not like a super like there's nothing it's just a kick drum but it's it's extremely extremely well done and the, i don't know there's something powerful in that um but yeah i don't want like it's slow it's it certainly needed to slow down after that first little bit of the album even with uh thank you scientist it's still got a lot of like energy behind it uh and I don't want anyone... Mr. Invisible, you're saying? What did I say? Thank you, scientist. Yeah, Mr. Invisible. <laughs> um, you know, I don't, I don't want anyone to get the wrong idea, but it doesn't... This song doesn't blow me away. 
like the rest of this album does. It's there's something about it that's still really fucking good, but it's it's almost more tame. It's there's just there's a tameness to it that doesn't quite stand out from the rest. Now, that being said, any emo band would be thrilled to have this song on their album. If if Coheed, if this was a Coheed and Cambria song, this would be lauded as their best song ever, probably for sure. Because it's it's that fucking good, but it's just not it's just not a standout track on this album because mm-hmm. there is so much other great music going on here, and I really do think that's I thought of a lot of like early two thousands, uh, early aughts, if you early will. aughts, early aughts, if you will, like like early twenty tens, like emo bands and what their sound was like, and this is very similar, but it's just it's so fucking good. You you because the every artist in this band is world class. And so, yeah, it's not my favorite track on this album, but put in another band's catalog. It might be their best song. <laughs> so, the name alone. Yeah. An emo band is shaking their fist at the sky right now. Yep. thinking they missed out on this name. And, of the song. I, and before I, before I pass it over to you, I have to mention in that first chorus, when the pinch harmonics line up with the fucking Murano's voice, I fucking jizz in my pants every single time because it's so fucking good. And they don't do it for any of the choruses after that, and it makes me so angry because it sounds so goddamn good. Uh, like, oh fuck, uh, uh, goddamn it! They're so they're so talented about matching and harmonizing with each other and writing interesting melodies and harmonies. They're, they're fucking great. Anyway, I'll pass it on to you. I was really harsh on this song uh, earlier. I. I texted you and our our uh, honorary fourth member Benjamin, um, and I was like, "Dude, get rid of this track. This song sucks. I'm so." Well, you didn't say that. You said if we want to condense this to a perfect ten album, we can get rid of Wolf and Sheep Clothing. And I was like, eh, "I don't know. I really like it actually." <laughs> if, I, if I, I, I think I take that back because I would take Caverns out, and I think yeah, that makes sense. My frustration was I wasn't after Caverns and then Mister Invisible. I wasn't ready for another. You know, jazz fusion where like the song's just all over the place, and I might have just taken frustration out because I was like, I, for whatever reason, I just wasn't in the mood for it. Yeah, I heard this song on shuffle, and I was like, oh, this song's pretty good. And I was like, oh, yeah, <laughs> when I was wrong. cooking food, I was, rocks, like, I was like, dang, <laughs> I might have just needed to hear the song without the context yeah. of the album. And you know, I tried to listen to the album all the way through, and that's. It's hard. It's hard. To, I've I've only done it once, like all from front to back, and that was today. You can I break it up to it like show. two or three, two or three uh, listens, and then when you get to the last four, you can listen to it all the way through. Yeah. At least I can. But I think listening to this song without the context without the context of the album was the way to do it. Yeah. It was chef's kisses. I was like, oh dang, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was really harsh. I don't know what what my deal was. I might have been just hangry or something. Um, you know, there's really fun elements, and I'm glad we spent more time with this album because we had about ten days. Yeah, we did. And even, I changed my mind today. Even you know, <laughs> you did. Uh, so yeah, Wolf in Cheap Clothing. I'm I'm glad you stayed on the album. I'm glad I'm not a, a an editor for an album where I delete songs. So uh, <laughs> <laughs> let's get into Blue Automatic. Uh, yeah, eh? I'm interested to see what you think about this. Uh, this one is. Probably the most straightforward song on the album. It's prog metal, and it's if you didn't think Wolf and Cheap Clothing was a palate cleanser, this might be another one <laughs> because it's like just it's not. It doesn't have a lot of hills and valleys, and it feels like 
it's a totem that grounds you back to reality. Yeah. And I think it's purposefully put in the middle of the album where normally that's where songs kind of get boring and stuff. But this is like, hey, we, we can do this and we can do this really well. <laughs> yeah. uh, so I really enjoy this song and I thought it was a really clever placement to put it in the middle of the album. Yeah. To get you ready for the back half. Yeah. I'll tell you what annoys me a lot about this song is that the first two words in the song are automatic blue <laughs> and not blue on it fucking pisses me off every time I listen to it. He starts off with saying automatic blue, but it's it's also, you know, it's it's funny that it makes me feel that way because I think it's might be intentional, I don't know, but either way it gets a reaction, so who cares? Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I think you're right. There's something. It's this song is much heavier than the rest of the album. There's there's a there's a crush, almost crushing weight to the music in this, which I love. Obviously, I don't know if it's because of the staccato guitar, like palm mute chugs throughout, or the horns coming in with a much more melancholic sound than you'll hear from the rest. It's almost, I don't know if it's in a minor key. I don't know that much about music theory, but it certainly feels like a minor key. Um, there's constant tempo switches. I think. Um, but not really. I mean, it's it, you're right. It is pretty standard. But it, it, not really when you compare them to their other songs on the album, certainly. Uh, it, it just feels like everything is just really just tightly compacting in on itself to almost form this like really condensed and dense cannonball that finally gets shot straight up into the air after that second chorus with the guitar solo, which fucking rips, dude. It's a great guitar solo. And like... Uh, what's the guy's name? Uh, I forget the guitarist's name. He's the he's like the guy. Tom that, Monda. Tom Monda, another great fucking name. Yep. Um, but he fucking unleashes finally because he 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 does a really good job of taking a back seat. Like he's a lead guitarist, but he lets everything else kind of shine with him. He doesn't kind of take the lead and you know trample down the rest of the band. And I think that's why they work so well because they play as a unit, not as individual pieces of a unit. Um, but when he when he when he goes off, he goes off and. Uh, but even there, there's like a heavy bass line underneath, like a heavy bass bed. And then halfway through, it all comes crashing down. And that cannonball kind of hurdles back to earth and it crashes down and like this explosion of horns. And, you know, you just get the shrapnel and the chaos for the last two minutes of the song. Um, they they relaxed us just enough in the beginning of this to pound us to pieces. <laughs> it's just like we were relaxed just enough. Uh, and you know, I, I just wrote like I couldn't, I couldn't help but think they were like a just a really smart boxer, like a rope a dope almost. Like mm-hmm. I'm gonna let you blow you into a sense that I'm not very good, and then just just fucking cream you. They do that again multiple times. Yeah, yes, <laughs> and certainly in the next song. Yeah, which is uh, need more input. We'll hop right into it. And right, just when you think they finally finally managed to contain themselves and write a slow ballad they go and kick you in the throat at the 140 mark with this song it just Murano starts with this huge fucking belt and frantic guitars and horns into this haunting refrain that would fit right in a movie soundtrack about like sad vampire boy teens like this this feels like a like a it would be very it would be in like a like not a Halloween like scary movie but something about not Twilight either but like Something in that vein, like a vampire movie, like a dark kind of edgelord movie. This this song, this, especially that chorus, feels very, very much in that vein. And I really like that. You know what I mean? Because there's a, there's a super nerdy side of me that really kind of likes that. I had yeah. this kind of headcanon going on the whole time of, you know, edgy teens dressed in all black leather, like fighting each other and with their vampire powers. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
And it sounds it sounds corny, but it, I assure you, it really is. It's awesome, uh, you know. And you know, once they let the dogs out, it's hard to put them back in the cage. And it leads to some of my favorite guitar work on the album. I think this is a great like coming out party for Tom Monda and his skill on the guitar because he's great. Yeah, uh, he he uh, he just kind of snaps for this track and just goes nuts. And just when you think you have the track figured out, fucking sitar shows up. Oh my god, dude. <laughs> He just snaps, dude. He's like, I'm going to play all the instruments on this track because I haven't had my time yet. <laughs> so, uh, there, there's just something profound in this song. Um, and I just, I don't, can't really put my finger on it, but I really like the line, try like hell just to find never came so natural. All I know is I'm defined by my happiness. And that's how the song ends. And the way he, uh, Murano sings it is is really uh, powerful as well. I don't know exactly what it means, but there's something I can relate to there. It's like there's desperation, but also a sense of calm, of like calm resolution. It's like, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I've tried really hard, but all I know is I'm defined by my own happiness. And there's, that's kind of how I live my life. It's like, I don't know what the fuck I want to do, but I, you know, all I know is I'm happy and I'm defined by that happiness. So yeah. I don't know if that's what he meant, but th- that's what it meant to me. Holy shit, Kevin. <laughs> the sitar. I think it's no secret I like sitars because there was like a one five-second moment of a sitar in the Jack's Mannequin episode. Yeah. And it blew my mind. Sitar's awesome. Like Eastern and Middle Eastern music is fucking great. They start a song with it later on. Yeah. Um, but that's when the song really picks up for me because... It kind of starts slow, and then it starts picking up, and you're like, okay, okay. And then it just kind of like drops off, and you hear like the sitar, and you're like, okay, well, maybe that's how they're going to end the song. And it's just like, boom, last two <laughs> minutes are just like going to explode. And I think you said it perfectly, but, you know, there's, I had kind of a, like, the with the horns and the guitar, the song made me want to watch like 007 jump off the edge of a building <laughs> sure. and like grab a helicopter with one arm. Yeah. And like, pull himself up like this song definitely takes you to places almost like classical music does yeah i think that's the point right it's the point we're trying to make is it's cinematic for sure it yeah huge this song is the biggest song we've heard so far and yeah we'll get into my favorite song here in a minute but uh it was definitely like the first time my ears were perked up i feel like a, a german shepherd that's ears just like went full uh-huh. Full tilt boogie. And uh, from here on out, I'm going to be super hyped about this album. <laughs> Hell yeah, let's go. <laughs> Giddy up, Cowboys. Let's uh, go. Rube Goldberg Variations. Yeah. Don't know what that means, but... Well, I can I can, I can illuminate it for you if you'd yeah, like. Let's uh, do it. So I know this is you're supposed to be going here, yeah. but um, famously in classical music, there's a piece by Bach called Goldberg Variations. It's extremely famous for anybody that like knows about like variation type form of music. Uh, it's basically a really slow or like a really short aria, and then he very like does variations on it for the next thirty minutes. That's it's, a, it's just a famous piece of classical music. Rube Goldberg is like an old cartoonist uh, who would just famous for drawing incredibly complicated machines doing simple tasks. Now, if you if you know what I'm think think of like the game Mousetrap. That's a Rube Goldberg machine. I'm sure you've heard that phrase before. Or like any Tom and Jerry cartoon where a bunch of like stupid things happen, ping pong balls and set one thing off and set another thing off, all just to like pop a piece of toast in the toaster. That's a Rube Goldberg <laughs> machine. So for me, this this whole song is a joke. Yeah. And I'll get into it more, but I'll let you go into it. <laughs> uh, this is the best song on the album without a doubt. Interesting. Um, 
the song is wild and it rewards you for your patience because it's an instrumental song and it's constantly surprising you. It feels like every person, every instrument has a solo in this song. Yes. And that probably plays into like the variations, like everyone's gets their turn and that's kind of cool. It's kind of selfless. Like, Hey dude, what if we did a song and we just like went as long as we could, but everyone gets a turn, you know, I, I think, the vocalist is the only one that doesn't get a solo. Yeah, I read I read on Reddit I think today that he sometimes he just walks off stage. <laughs> Let me go grab, grab a drink of water. Like I, I know I got I got at least ten minutes. Yeah, there was a comment on Reddit where I guess he walked through the middle of the crowd, and as he was walking through, like they made way for him, and he like pointed two people out and told him to like do an interpretive dance for the entire <laughs> nine minutes of this song, and they did. I don't know how much you can believe it because it's on Reddit, but right. I, I believe it one hundred percent. It's still real to me, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> to quote us from last week. Uh, yeah, dude, if if you've learned nothing so far, these guys can play their motherfucking instruments. Oh, and yeah. they need, I think they needed one, one song to just be instrumental, mm-hmm. to just go fully nuts. And I think that's why I like it so much. It's just, it's just showing it everyone's individual prowess. Yeah. Yeah, I love it. And I think you hit the nail on the head. I, I think you're right. I think everybody does get their turn here. And I think that's the Rube Goldberg part of this, where it's like everybody's like, oh, this, the guitar leads into the violin, which leads into the drums. And the drum part is fucking awesome. That like <laughs> drum and bass beat that they do is fucking incredible. It's like right smack dab in the middle of the song. It's, it just throws you for a loop. But it's all it's all based on that same, I don't know, three minutes of the song that they started with. And it's just a variation on that theme. And then they bring it back with the whole band at the end. Um, it's just really, really clever songwriting. And it's a clever joke that's not very funny. But I appreciate it because it takes a long time to get there. And it's and it's just not good. But it's good because it takes so long to get there. It's like a joke that someone starts telling and they laugh halfway through. And you're kind of just standing there like... Oh, that is kind of funny, I guess. Oh, well, like, it's just, it, it's it's <laughs> funny because, again, there's a small percentage of the population that we get it without even, without looking it up. I had to look it up. I knew what a Rube Goldberg machine was, and I knew what variation music was, but I didn't really, I wasn't familiar, like, I mean, I don't, I know Bach, but I didn't know about the Goldberg variations, you know what I mean? Like, and so the fact that they did, like, I don't know, like a portmanteau or like a play on words with that. It's fucking great. It's funny. It's just a stupid joke that takes nine minutes to tell and nobody laughs. But that's the... Nobody laughs, but thank you, scientists. They think it's the greatest joke of all time. And I love shit like that. Alec Alec has a joke that he tells... like Our friend Alec, who's been on the show before, tells a joke like that and he fucking loves it. Every time he tells it, he cries laughing. And I cry laughing because I I love watching Alec tell it. And the punchline's fucking terrible. It's not. It's almost like the I think you should leave show. Yeah. Where it's like anti-humor almost. Yeah, it's it's funny. It's 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 funny because it's not funny, and it's it's funny because of the tedium of it. And it, it's so I don't know. There's something that there's a part of me that loves that shit. And I even wrote here, Alec would love this song. Uh, and you know, the it's a play on words. It's poking fun at the variation that Bach is is famous for, and it's done with freeform jazz, which I'm sure something that Bach would fucking hate it. Like, if Bach heard this homage to his Goldberg variations, he'd be fucking mortified. And I think, again, that's another layer to this joke that literally maybe... Desecrating the Goldberg variation. Yeah, 1% of the population would get without looking it up. Yeah. It's just so stupid and so funny, and I I love Thank You, Scientist, for it. Thank you. God God bless you. (laughs) Thank you, Scientist. Um, 
Hey, let's move on to Psychopomp because this was my song of the show last week. Hell yeah. Uh, and when I listened back to it again, I was like, well, why was this my song of the show last week? And I, I fucking, I go through, that's how it is with this band. It's like I go through, I freaking really love this the first time I listened to it. And then I listened again, I was like, I don't like it as much. And then I listened to it again a couple times a day. I was like, oh, okay, I get it. Like, I get it again. It's it's this this band is challenge this band this bond this bond, bond. This, this bond is challenging, uh, this band is challenging for sure. They're really good and they're really clean, but they are challenging. They're hard to listen to. Uh, it's almost like this middle. At least this is what you're talking about. This middle eastern type intro, um, and that always kind of draws my ear because I love world music. I've talked about it before. Uh, I think on the episode with Zoe, I talked about how I love world music. Yeah, because she had a world music song on there. And the verse almost reminds me of the Deftones. So it's got kind of like the subdued new metal-ish corn Deftones type vibe to it. When it's got the, the instrumentals are barely there. You're just kind of just kind of meandering around. Uh, but it's, again, it's that, it's that same type of thing we were talking about earlier where they can pull from different inspirations, but also elevate it by a million times. Like this doesn't, this is way better than any corn or, <laughs> or Deftone yeah, song for um, sure. when they do it. Uh, but luckily, like, it's it's a nine-minute runtime, so that can be intimidating. Like, so <laughs> the, the song before it is a nine-minute runtime, I'm pretty sure. Uh, it's just it's just like this exhilarating roller coaster. It's almost three. It's the length of three separate songs, but so you can't get off this roller coaster once you're on it, but it's it's it keeps you, like, engaged the whole time, and I think that's the magic of Psychopomp. Because you don't really know what's going on. It's it's not as crazy as the rest of it. And I think that's why when I listened to it today, I was like, because this is, again, this is the first time I've listened to the whole album all the way through. I was just, I was so fucking amped and I was so high on like everything that happened before this. That this was kind of almost like a letdown for me. But then I listened to it again, kind of separate from the album. I was like, yeah, this song rocks. It's just this, somehow they found a way to stretch out that pop formula where they only do the refrain like every three minutes. Like there's an, there's a chorus every three minutes. So after the length of every song, they do their chorus <laughs> and that's yeah. how they keep it fresh. Like they're stretching that pop sensibility as far as they can. And it, and it, it, you almost listen to it out of spite at some point. It's like, I, okay, when's that? Next I'm not course? turning this yeah, off. I'm not turning this off. Like I got, I have to admire the genius and again, it's spaced out perfectly to where it, it, as soon as you start to lose interest, they bring in that great hook. And like, all right, sick, I'm back in. And it's just, it's, oh man, I, I love this shit. I love just genius songwriting like this. This intro, yeah, <laughs> Kevin, this intro makes me want to put like, I want to make a soundtrack for Aladdin, mm-hmm. uh, like a pop punk, but there's a sitar in there somewhere. Aladdin soundtrack because the first minute of this song had me in a trance. Mm-hmm. It feels like it feels like you're in the world with Aladdin and Pabu. Like you just stole that fucking apple and you're taking <laughs> off. And it felt like you were like in another world. This is a much cooler version of One Jump. Yes. <laughs> One Jump. <laughs> but as soon as the lyrics or the, the vocals come in at one minute, the song kind of just completely changes, yep. like you said. And I was never I was never as into the song as I was in the first minute, sure. and I I almost wish that that one minute could be like an interlude or something. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you feel the same way, but like this song would have been cool without that one minute intro. But I love that one minute intro that I needed on the album. Yeah. Um, 
But yeah, the song changes like 13 times <laughs> and it's, it ends crazy, up being dude. a bunch of different songs. It's whiplash. It is. And all the while I'm here for it, I I love this song for being so erratic. But for some reason, this one gets a pass and Caverns doesn't. Well, you're like, it's well, it's because the thing with this one, you're constantly trying to peek around the corner and see what's coming. You're like, because this, by this point, you're used to them, you know, you're used yeah. to what they do. And I think you, you start to get a little bit more. You understand what they're trying to do for, in some, some degree. Like it might not be totally, but you understand, okay, this band's a little bit different. They're going to, they're going to challenge you and they're going to challenge what they want to do with music and they're, they're playful with the way they do it. But I, for me, I, I just, I just picture myself like in a dark tunnel in a, like, like in the beast. Like when you're going through that tunnel, you're like, when, when are we going, when am I going to emerge from this tunnel? You're constantly like craning your neck to see what's coming next. And I think again, the way they space it is, is intentional for sure. Uh, also a psychopomp is a creative spirit, angel or deity that in many religions has the job of escorting recently deceased souls to the respective religions afterlife. Yeah, no, I remember reading that because I thought that was interesting because it didn't matter which religion they believed in, right? It's just, yeah. I'm here to usher you wherever you want to go, which is cool because that <laughs> acknowledges that all religions might be correct in this, the, just by nature of a psychopomp being a thing. There's obviously some deeper meaning there within the song, but I just, I thought that concept in its of itself was cool. <laughs> yeah, that's, I was, that was more interesting. Like, it was interesting to listen to the song as I was looking that up. And it also says they don't choose which afterlife the soul goes to. They're right. simply the transport to get there safely. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. It's like, it's basically me. <laughs> like, I don't really care what you believe in, but I'll, you know, I'll go along with you. Yeah. <laughs> Just don't treat me like a dickhead. <laughs> you know, I, I, it's like an agnostic, essentially. Like, yeah, you're, you're all could be right. Who knows? Yep. <laughs> so, I'm, I'm just your psychopomp. What do I know? <laughs> so you ready for Amateur Arsonist Handbook? Yeah, it's all you, bud. What a great name for a song. <sighs> it's a, another early aughts emo band is mm-hmm. shaking their fist again. Uh, this is a horn-heavy song. Yeah. Uh, Salvatore's vocals shine bright here and I think it's because there's not as much going on uh-huh. as the previous songs and the cool part of this song when's the last time you heard an electric violin solo yeah dude oh. uh, almost masked as a guitar solo yeah. until you hear it open up a little bit yeah you can well you can hear the smoothness of it so you know it's not a guitar because you can typically hear the picking but there's it's a smooth bow action so I'm like oh yeah that's an electric electric violin fuck yeah <laughs> And uh, it was such a fun surprise. And, you know, for this being the last real song in the album, they found a way to, to surprise us one last time. Mm-hmm. And what's up? I love hardcore music and gang vocals are my yeah. jam. Yeah. And like, <laughs> yeah, such, a weird, that. Uh, such a weird little thing to throw in and the very last like real song. And the, you know, oh, whoa, whoa. Yeah, it's right towards the end of the song, too. Oh, man. <laughs> Uh, yeah, gang vocals are my life, and it just—it's another little tool in the toolbox for them. Yep. You know, yep. at any moment they're gonna throw something in, and you're gonna be like, "What did they just do?" Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, yeah, I think that's the magic, right? It's like they've got so many members of the band that are so talented that you could—they can do whatever the fuck they want, and they do often. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, and you know, this is a blistering six-minute runtime on this. <laughs> yeah, this song's quick. <laughs> Uh, but it's a great last full track to go out on. Uh, the playfulness of the beginning of the album that I really liked is back here. It, it's it's um, because the last three or four tracks before this have been kind of heavy, uh, like not heavy in the sense of like like 
heavy metal where it's like blowing your face off, but just heavy musically. There's a, it's dense. Mm-hmm. Um, and this kind of lifts everything back up. And it gave me like this, because when I was re-listening to it today, it made me realize and it gave me kind of a headcanon. Like as soon as that violin solo starts, it's almost like you're being launched out of like a wormhole that you've been in for the entire, like this musical wormhole. You've been just hurtling through the entire hour or so you've been listening to this. And the violin solo is like the wormhole kind of chasing you as you float da- back down to earth. It's like there's still this beautiful craziness going on behind you, but it is behind you. And that, that kind of violin solo kind of is, it feels like it's behind you and you can look back and you see this crazy colorful rainbow wormhole and that music, beautiful music blasting out from it, but it's, it's slowing down at the same time. And there's the, there's a guitar like instrumental. It's not a solo. There's, it's an instrumental, but the, there's a guitar solo apart towards the end as well. That feels kind of the same way. It's like this wormhole still, you can still hear the vestiges of what you left behind, but you're coming back down to earth and it's just, it's, it was just really kind of beautiful scene that I unleashed in my head. It was just, I think of like the end of 2001 A Space Odyssey. It's like you came out of that wormhole and you're re-entering earth's atmosphere. That's exactly what was in my head almost. It's just, I don't know. It's, it's the best performance on the album, but it might not be like the most satisfying after the madness of the last two tracks. Like there's something really beautiful about this and it's almost, I don't know. It's just this perfect wrap up. It's like, Hey, we're coming back down. We're yeah. Gonna, like, but he, the, let's not forget about what we've just been through. It's, I don't know. There's just something really cool about it. Yeah. I was wondering how they were going to wrap up the album and yeah. they, I think they did it perfectly and it, it leads perfectly into the last song. Yeah. Which is uh, it's epilogue and the clever depart, which I love. <laughs> Again, it's it's with the ellipse, so it, it, it the two, the in the prologue and the epilogue not only just physically uh, bookend the album, but the ellipse makes it the album one full complete sentence, which I think is really clever. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we is like we finally get the intro answer to the intro. This whole album has just been thank you scientists trying to have a conversation the only way they know how through making fucking awesome, incredibly complex music. Uh, this meta moment, like it just makes me, because it is, it's incredibly meta. It's like, oh, this is the only way I know how to talk to people. <laughs> it's just through my music. Uh, it's like, it's, it's crazy because it's almost like a circus tune behind. It's very Queen esque, like you mentioned earlier. Um, and it's like the musical equivalent of like the band like shrugging and smiling, like, eh, I don't know. <laughs> It's like uh, when when you're finishing a show, if they don't know exact, they didn't know how to start the album, they yeah. don't really know how to finish the album. <laughs> so it's like the guy got on the piano and everybody's like packing up their stuff and he's like, uh, we got so many songs left to sing. Yeah. Too many notes for normal folks to understand. Confronting my fears and laughing it all away, moving along, singing a song is all that I can do. Take it or leave it, I leave it all with you. Yeah, it's so that's that, wow. that that last part, moving along, singing a song, and that's that's from the the uh, prologue as well. But then he adds on, "That's all that, that is all that I can do. Take it or leave it, I leave it all with you." Like, ah, oh, man, it's like I don't fucking know, man. I don't know if you like this or not, but I'm gonna let you decide. Was yeah. this conversation good? I don't know. I'm leaving. And it kind of plays off what we talk about, like once. You put art out into the world; it's not yours. It's not anymore. yours. Yep. And to have an artist like recognize that and be not be so protective over it, like you can you can dig it or you don't. And this is this is how I express myself. And you like it or you you like it or you hate yeah, it. Take so. it or leave it. It's up to you. Such a gangster way <laughs> to so, end an album. And it's so funny too because it really is. It's like this kind of deference to like the the listener. It's like 
here it is. We've laid ourselves bare. This is the only way I know how to converse with people. I mean, listen to it or don't. Mm -hmm. It's just so cool, man. I just, I I don't know. I I love, love, love this. The one minute of epilogue that we get. Because it's a perfect punctuation. We talk about that all the time. It's like, it's so hard to begin and end an album. And for them to nail it on both ends is just, ah. Good job. Good job. Thank you, scientists. Multiple chef's kisses. (laughs) And it makes you want, even though, like, you kind of feel beat up after listening to this album. Because you're like. Good God. It felt like you were on Son of Beast. Yeah. And you're like, okay, well, I probably need to go to the ER. My shoulder's out of place. <laughs> but the last song, you're like, that was kind of fun, though. Yeah, it was. <laughs> it, it, and that's perfect, right? Because it makes you want to listen to them more. I immediately went and listened to Fox Mulder, one of their newest singles, and I sent it to you. It's like, hey, this is kind of like pop punky in the chorus here. Yeah. You would really like this. And it's just, I was like, yeah, I didn't want to listen to any more of this album. <laughs> but when I when I came back when I came over here tonight, I like popped it on again. I was like, "Yeah, this fucking album rocks." Yeah, you have to take a break. You can, this is not an album you can listen to over and over again. You have to separate yourself a little bit. But throw it on random, I could listen to shit any day. Yeah. You want to do your closing thoughts? Sure, sure. Um, you know, I don't think it's any secret at this point that "Thank You, Scientist" has kind of defined my summer. I, I think it's kind of defined where I want to be musically as well. I've always kind of def- defined myself as a metalhead, and then I got really into EDM for a very long time, and then I, I kind of bounced back and forth between the two. But I think like this jazz fusion shit is what I really like, like electronica and jazz fusion, because I'm really into twerp again too. Uh, we were talking about that earlier with Ben, and there's just something about like a jazzy, funky revival of that like that sound that I really love. And when you can take, we talked about it last week too, like you can, if you can take an old sound and put it through modern recording techniques and put it through modern sensibilities because music's grown exponentially. Like we, again, I've said this before too, like music as we know it has existed for basically a hundred years. Yeah. And it's evolved a million, like many different iterations since like the twenties when it changed from, like just classical music, what we define as classical music, obviously there's different eras and different sounds in classical music, but there's that big chunk of music before the 1920s that was defined as classical, and everything after that is like modern music. And it's crazy to think about how much it's changed, even in the last five to ten years. And I think like this is my personal evolution, like condensed. Thank you, scientist is exactly the type of music I want to listen to, like for the rest of my thirties. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like I want to, I want to kind of dive into like jazz fusion and stuff that's mixed with rock and metal that I'm familiar with. Some stuff that mixes in electronica, like twerp that I'm familiar with, and just kind of figure out where where to go from here. Because I don't want to stop listening to new music. Like I don't want to be that guy that just listens to the same shit. You know, once he turns 25, I was like, oh, okay, this is the music that I like now. And I'm just going to listen to this forever. Yeah, it's it's crazy that we found this band the way we did. Yeah. And it's also crazy that it took us this long to do an album like this. <laughs> it's not a traditional album no. by any means. And it almost feels like an instrumental April kind of song. Kind of, yeah. Or, or kind of album. But yeah, I, I kind of share the same sentiments. It's... It was something that really stretched me because I traditionally like poppy. I like all genres, but I like poppy choruses. Yeah. And this really made you work for some of the, those choruses and it didn't have traditional song structure. And I love it for that. And I also was aggravated by it for the, for the same reasons. Mm-hmm. And I think 
if you're sitting in a place where you love and hate something and you're trying to figure out why, that's a really fun place yeah, to be. Yeah, it's a cool place to be for sure. But yeah, I think it was a great pick and it was a great first album for us to get back into. Yeah, I think so too. I think it's something uh, neither one of us really had a whole lot of experience with, which I think is more fun. Obviously, I've become a huge fan in the last couple months, but it's still new to me, right? It's it's still new to me, damn it. <laughs> Uh, but no, they're, they're truly a band I'll listen to until either they stop making music or I die. Yeah. One of the two. I, they're, they're, they're just a band that I'm always going to support. You know, they, they may not always be on the forefront of my mind, but if they're there making new music, I'm going to be there. If they're touring anywhere near here, I'm going to go see them because I cannot fucking wait to see them live, especially after watching some live performances on YouTube. They're just they're just as good live as they are in an album, just a little bit faster and a little bit worse. <laughs> that's why we like our live yep, music. That's right. Uh, you want to get into song of the show? Um, yes, I've already mentioned it. Fox Mulder. Yeah, <laughs> thank you, Science. Yep. It's, it's from their 2019 album called I forget what the name of it is, but it, um, I don't know. It's good. It's a good album. It's really, really. It's different because some of the band members have switched up. The drummers, uh, you know, is first and foremost. You can kind of tell there's a different type style of drumming. Uh, it's really good. Uh, Fox Mulder, again, has more pop punk sensibilities to it. It's a much easier listen than a lot of this album is. It's kind of like the thank you scientist of the new, or God damn it, I did it again, the Mr. Invisible <laughs> of this newer album. Uh, it's got a, it's got a ton of plays on Spotify and the, uh, I don't know. It's, it's called Fox Mulder, but it, I think that in an interview, they're like, we took all the vowels out so we don't get sued. <laughs> so it's FXMLDR. Yeah, is what the actual it's all caps, but it's about Fox Mulder from the X Files coming back to Earth after being abducted by aliens. <laughs> I think it's great. It's just fucking. It's goofy and it's fun and it's everything I love about music. Hell yeah! My song on the show, "Yesterday's Clothes" by A Great Big Pile of Leaves. Okay, I like that name. I like that man name. Uh, I saw them open for Say Anything like ten, eleven years ago now, and they were a band that was just like so quirky and weird and i always try to keep tabs on them they hadn't released an album for about eight years and they just released an album and yesterday's clothes i believe is how they begin the album i'll have to check real quick yes it's how they begin the album called pono and i was like yes instantly hooked they're like older indie rock like indie rock from 2010 but they've they've updated they sound a lot better yes they sound a lot better Production quality is, I, I believe when I saw them the first time, they were like, uh, if you want to buy our album, we made it in our basement. So, uh, <laughs> you know, it still sounds relatively good, but to hear them make a really shine or like a, a, sh- a sharply produced album yeah. is, is really cool. And it's kind of cool to just like have kept tabs on this band. Um, and I got to thank Spotify for that. They they alerted me when they released a single and they kind of kept me. Oh, yeah. Keep me on Being them. able just to follow artists on Spotify is the greatest. It keeps it, it helps you keep tabs because it's kind of hard to it do is. sometimes. There's so much shit out there. Um, my most prized possession is my Spotify subscription. Yeah. Without a doubt. I, ju- I hate that I judge people that use Apple Music, but I'm like, dude. Spotify is just good. It's so good. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I guess you don't have Apple products, so you can't relate. But Yeah, I've never had one, never owned one, never will. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, so, uh, my album next week is yeah. going to be Never Trust a Happy Song by Group Love from okay. 2011. Oh, hopping I, right into both of our promises early. Yeah. I was like, you know what? It's it's time. It's, uh, it's 10 years old now. I think it's getting close to the 10-year anniversary of the release, and I'm 
just really excited to talk about it. I think it's kind of plays off of what you picked this week, but it's a lot popular. So that's good. I'm gonna need. We're gonna need a break. I need to let my ribs rest. This after album alone will be a power concert. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm excited to talk about it. I'm excited to hear everyone's thoughts. Uh, let us know what you think about Stranger Head Prevails uh, by Thank You Scientist. If you guys listen along, uh, give us your thoughts, and uh, we'll talk about it next week on the show. If you have thoughts about uh, Never Trust a Happy Song by uh, Group Love, let us know as well. If you want us to mention some songs of the show, yeah. uh, let us know. Uh, we... We love our guest interaction, and uh, we want to hear from you guys. Yeah, this—I mean, this 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 episode is directly because of a fan interaction. So, yeah, keep sending in. Like, if like again, we talked about it last week. If you want to just send in songs, of the show it can be whatever you want. So you're kind of free to see. You don't have to stick to a theme. I know that makes it a little bit easier for some people, but if you are just listening to something that you really dig, send it to us. We'll we'll talk about it. We'll try and listen to it. It's it's tougher with albums because there there's so much more to kind of dig into and digest and think about when we do full albums but you know we'll do our best to listen to them if not we'll at least mention them and we'll, we'll listen to them at some point i guarantee you we'll listen to them because sometimes we need a break from our album yeah yeah <laughs> and Shit. uh listening to songs of the show might inspire us for future albums and yeah, stuff i took too. i took many i just i started getting back into podcasts this week i was like <laughs> i can't even fucking listen to other music i just need to listen to somebody talk <laughs> <laughs> but yeah uh Follow us on Instagram at Off the Beaten Clef. Uh, Twitter is at Off Clef. I'm trying to do better about tweeting. And uh, also follow us on TikTok yep, I at Off the Beaten Clef Pod. I haven't done one in like two months. That's okay. <laughs> I'll do it at the end. But follow us and you'll see it when it pops up. You'll see it when it pops up. I'm trying to figure out how to do it more effectively because I've been doing like minute long guys. You need a minute on TikTok. I'm going to do a minute long clips. I'm like, nobody watches these. So I need to figure out, I need to find a clip that is good for about 10 to 15 seconds. Last week's episode would be chock full of that. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> we were both a little drunk. so. But, <laughs> but we uh, were the consummate professionals. You probably wouldn't know unless we told you. Yeah. <laughs> unless you listen to the right intro. Snuck it right your nose. <laughs> All right, guys. We'll uh, see you next week. Bye.